Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, thank you for just your people today. God, I thank you for the love and the harmony and the unity that we have for one another. Father, thank you for just all the past weeks, God, how you're just teaching us how to just operate from the kingdom and how to interact with one another. And so, Lord, I'm just asking today, God, will you take these simple words and these very practical words, and God, will you allow them to bring life into our hearts? And uh, God, would you allow us just to, just to understand, even in a greater way, how the kingdom works, how you work, and God, help us to begin to live that out. So Holy Spirit, thank you for your anointing. Thank you for breathing life into this. Thank you for just opening our ears to hear what you are saying today. And God, that we say yes in our hearts, God, and we obey, God, just your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, over the, over the past few weeks, if you've been here, we have spent a significant amount of time uh, talking about how we as believers should handle conflict in a healthy way. And, you know, I, I really... You know, if there's somebody that's wondering, you know, why are you really doing that? The reason we're spending so much time in that is because, in my opinion, unresolved conflict is the number one reason that relationships of any kind break down, right? And so I think we would all agree, and we've all witnessed, and we've all seen, you know, relationships that were uh, completely healthy and almost at the snap of the fingers because of conflict, they became unhealthy. And is that true? And so, you know, I was thinking about this verse, Proverbs 18, 19. It simply says this, says an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. What an amazing statement, right? And it says arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. So that verse kind of got me thinking, and this is kind of our launching pad today, that, that what if we could stop the conflict or the argument before it ever begins? What if we could stop the conflict before it ever begins? So in other words, the past few weeks, we've been talking about basically when conflict's there, kind of how you handle it. But what if we backtrack and we go, man, what if we got ahead of the game a little bit, right? Obviously, we can't rewind in time, but we can learn for the future and we could do it different. So anyways, I think some people from past experiences probably think that that's impossible. In other words, it's just going to happen. But, but I, I believe it is very possible that we can stop conflict before it happens. Is anybody with me on that? So how is that? It's simply by doing this, and this is so practical. It's by us, you and I, learning how to communicate to each other in a better way. It's that simple. It's us learning how to communicate with one another in a better way. And here's what I mean by that, that I personally believe that we learn how to communicate things in a God-fearing and a God-honoring way, then it will decrease or minimize our relational conflict significantly. To think about that, that, that before we do anything that, or we say anything or do anything that we're first asking ourselves, man, is, is um, how would God view what I'm about to say? Is it God-fearing? And then to think, man, how are they going to take this? Is, does it honor them? And I think if, if we can look at it in those ways, does, does, uh, do I fear God in this and do I honor these people? Then it would help the way I communicate pretty powerfully. 
So listen, in an effort to step in that direction today, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the word communication. Really simple, communication. And by this, I'm not talking about public speaking. I'm just talking about our interaction in everyday life with individuals. So when it comes to this subject, I think we'd all agree this. I'm going to throw something on the screen, super simple, that communication is essential or key to any healthy relationship. So basic, that communication is essential to any healthy relationship. And the truth be known, relationships can do without a lot of things, but healthy communication is not one of them. Okay, in other words, let me clarify there. If you take a couple that's super in love, communicates well, they can be broke as a joke and still be happy. Right? But, but, if, but if you take away healthy communication from that relationship, then guess what? It's a breakdown. It's going to happen, Correct? So this means this, simply, if you and I want to be the type of person that enjoys great relationships, and we should, we should look forward to coming to church, we should look forward to doing life, we should look forward to being with our families, but if we want to be people that enjoy great relationships, then we should consider today putting an emphasis on learning how to communicate with each other in a healthy and effective way. So to be clear here, just for clarity's sake, when I say the word communication, I'm not simply talking about the words that we say. Okay, because obviously words are important. They're They're the number one way that we communicate with each other, but they're certainly not the only way we communicate with one another. So grab this, grab hold of this, please. Every day, oftentimes without us even being aware of it, we communicate with those around us through what is called nonverbal communication. Nonverbal communication. And uh, I think you guys know what I'm talking about. In fact, ladies, I think you've mastered this. is think about all the times that you have chosen to say something without really saying something. Man, I'm telling you, you ladies are gifted. I, I'll just say this, get a little ahead of ourselves, but man, my wife can look at me from across the room in a room full of people with one look, and it speaks more than five chapters in a book. I mean, it, just one look. And I'm telling you, that look can either encourage you, it can turn you on, Fellas, I'm trying to talk to you now, I'm trying to see if you're awake, and, uh, or it can absolutely break you in the moment, right? It, it, she can just tear you down. So anyways, so I love my wife. Anyways, so listen, everyone who's communicate non-verbally through this. We communicate non-verbally through our body language, our facial expressions. Man, some of us are so great at that. In fact, I'll say this, some of us are so great at it, we can't even hide it. Okay, we communicate through our gestures, our eye contact, or our lack thereof, and we communicate through our touch. So it's kind of this, this is all practical, just laying foundation here, but, but we use all of these areas to express our moods, our behaviors, and our attitudes. Or to put it plainly, we use all of these things to really get our point across. Is that not true? So listen, if we could take this maybe a step further, how many of you guys have ever seen someone, and like, in other words, you see them, you just see them, you don't talk to them, and you can already tell what kind of mood they're in. Right? It's like I have one kid, I won't say who they are, but, but they will come through the house like this. What's wrong? What do you mean nothing? You, you know, it's like everything about them says basically I'm moping, I'm depressed. And so anyway, so it has nothing to do with the words they say. Their actions, their behavior there, their gestures, whatever you want to say, is completely communicating what they're going to say. Have you ever seen someone that's depressed? And you're like, man, my God, they are depressed. Have you ever seen someone that's, uh, that's impatient or irrational? Have you ever seen someone that, man, that, that's just angry? In fact, I'll say this. There used to be a guy that lived in the house across the street, and, and I would be in here praying, and I would look out there in the yard. He was a big old boy, and, and I don't know his name, never met him, but I could tell by looking at the guy, man, he's ticked off. 
I mean, like I tell you, this guy, it, and it wasn't just like, man, he's angry. I'm like, man, I saw it enough to go, man, that guy's got anger issues. Am I making sense with you? So, so listen, you can tell when someone's happy. You know, we drove, down, we drove down through Camden, the main road there the other day, and you see all these people walking together, and you can just see people that were happy. And it's so awesome. You even see people that you could tell that they were in love, right, just by their whole posture, maybe they're holding hands, whatever. It just, it was exuberating, uh, exuberating all for them. But anyways, the main point is this, is how many of you guys know that even beyond words, man, we really know how to communicate, yep. Right, and that communication is is probably more powerful than what we realize. So let me make one point here very clear before we dive in. Over the years, I've heard people say this. I've heard people say, Pastor, communication is hard. Man, it's difficult. And I want you to know today that communication in general isn't hard at all. In, in fact, it's the easiest thing that we do, and we do it with little to no effort every second of the day. But what is hard is when we talk about God-fearing, people-honoring communication. That's one of the most difficult things to do on a consistent basis. And the reason is, it's because we get in the way. Amen? All right, so today what I want to do is just, once again, talk about communication. I want us to look at four conversations that we have on, on an everyday basis and uh, that maybe it's, we're knowingly having it, maybe it's unknowingly we're having it, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of hoping that we'll see that, man, that these four conversations are so connected, you can't pull them apart, and I want you to see that these four conversations are so important if we want healthy relationships. I'll just leave it there. So number one, here we go. The first of these four conversations happens with number one is ourselves. Somebody say self-talk. Listen, if we won't admit it or not, we talk to ourselves. So true. Man, we talk to ourselves all day long. Maybe it's not out loud so everyone else can hear, but inwardly we do. Obviously, I know there's people in here that talk to themselves because I hear you sometimes talk to yourselves, but that's a different story, a different message, and a different deliverance service. Okay. Anyways, but, but with that said, I want to ask you a question. Really simple. What are you saying to yourself? What are we saying to ourselves in this room? You know, for me, the real point of emphasis when it comes to this conversation is this question. Is our self-talk or our inward conversations, our inward dialogue, are the, is it helpful or is it harmful to us? Is it helpful or is it harmful to us? Are the words that we hear and we tell ourselves, are they true or are they false? Listen, are our inward conversations full of lies concerning our self-worth? Do these conversations cause us to be self-critical and weighed down with insecurities? I'm talking to somebody here. Listen, or do these lies swing us to the other end of the spectrum that fill our hearts with pride and it tells us that we're better than everyone else, especially the person that we're talking to? Right. Listen, we would all be lying in this room if we stood face-to-face with an individual and we didn't think in our hearts that you're better than them. Y'all don't want to admit it, do you? <laughs> Listen, or are these conversations, you know, inward conversations, this self-talk, is it positive and is it healthy? And I'll say it this way, uh, real simple question, are you and God on the same page? In other words, uh, are you and God on the same page with what he says about you, with what he says about himself, what he says about other people? Are you on the same page? And I will say this, just for clarity's sakes, we all know it, but oftentimes these areas of self-talk that we struggle and we wrestle with, man, they're just deeply connected to our past experiences, positive or negative, right? I mean, the truth is, is, listen, none of us in this room can run away from our past. Yeah? 
Listen, now to some people, I realize that they probably sit back and they think that, man, this inward conversation is happening. Man, it's not really a big deal. In fact, you probably think I'm being pretty petty by bringing it up. But, but I want you to know that even though you may think that no one else is hearing or know that no one else is hearing what's going on up there, while that may be true, I want you to know, rest assured, everyone is affected by what's going on up there. Everyone. And uh, li- listen, here's how. Because how we are feeling and what we are saying and believing about ourselves, about God, and about the other person we are talking to is critical when it comes to healthy relationships. I'll just say it in this way, okay? If, if I think that if I don't have an honoring view of the individual I'm talking to, let's say I don't have an honoring view of my wife, then guess what? I'm not going to treat my, my wife as the good thing that God gave me. I'm not going to treasure her. I'm not going to love her, right? I'm going to look at her like she's second class. Am I making sense? But at the same time, if I came to, if I came to my wife and I somehow I thought, man, she's so much better than me then guess what? That's going to have negative effects too. If I feel like I'm inferior, like, like, if I, like if I go to Pastor Brian and I think, man, here's a great pastor, but if I somehow feel inferior to him, then I will never be myself in a conversation with him. You know, I have to understand my own self-worth, my own value, not from a cocky, prideful spot, but simply of what God says. And I can understand that I have strengths that that man doesn't have, and he's got strengths that I don't have, and we can honor each other for the differences. Amen. Am I making sense? So listen, that goes with every conversation that you have with people. So maybe even this, just a little side note. Just this week while you're talking to people, check your own heart and go, man, how do I view them? And how, do, how you know, am I spending all my time comparing myself to them? Or am I just secure in who I am? Because there will always be somebody that's, uh, that's not as talented as us or maybe someone that's more talented than us. And if we get called in all of that, man, we're in a mess. Amen? Let me maybe say it this way. We'll end up trying to be somebody that we're not. And, and I say this, I've said this a lot to you guys, and I'm a little, little rabbit trail here, is this, is obviously every one of us have been called by God to do something great. And with that calling, there's an anointing that comes with it. And if I am too busy trying to become somebody that I'm not, guess what? That anointing cannot flow in my life because God only anoints originals. He doesn't anoint invitations. Okay? Number two. If you need a verse for that first one, just remember the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? Once again, it's so important. What you think inwardly, those inward conversations, you will play out in front of everybody else. Number two, the second of these four conversations happens with, this is so easy, happens with the enemy. I think we dialogue with the enemy more than we think we do. <laughs> Listen, here's, you understand the enemy is constantly trying to plant thoughts in our minds that fit his agenda to still kill and destroy. So, so just in context sake, understand that the enemy is is trying to kill your marriage, destroy your marriage. He's trying to tear it down, mess it up. Any friendship that you have that would bring you closer to Jesus, he's not going to sit on the sideline and just let it go. Am I making sense? He's going to come and he's going to bring his agenda in there and he's going to put thoughts in your head that try to cause that thing to mess up. So with all that said, I want to simply ask you this. How well are we, how well are you refuting or standing against the lies of the enemy in your life? How well are you standing against the enemy in your life? In other words, this, how much you identify, nope, that's wrong. Nope, that's a lie. You you know, I I live from a simple thing, and I'll even pick on last week, for example, okay? For a guy that is so much a Bible guy and and values knowledge and and truth so much that, you you know, in other words, I, 
I don't want to say take pride in an unhealthy way, but I take pride in the fact that, that, man, I try to know the book and I try to live the book and I try to walk it out. For someone to sit on the lawn and say that I preach heresy stings. Am I making sense? But here's what I realized. Listen, I, I, had, to, I had to pull away from that. And, and, you know, we're here in worship and everybody's worshiping and I'm trying to get my junk together over here. And I had to realize in that moment, Quentin, the enemy, he's the father of lies. And he does not have the ability to speak the truth. And so the fact of what those people are saying is quite opposite of who you are and what you do. And leave it at that. Am I making sense to you guys? So, so how well are you discerning the lies of the enemy that he's speaking to you? Are you, are you hook, line, to sinker, believing it? Or are you going, nope, that's a lie and, and, and I'm done with it? Now, now, listen, with all that said, I realize this as Americans, and maybe some of us in this room, we kind of scoff at the idea of Satan and the kingdom of darkness, and we don't put that much a big deal on it. But, but I want you to know today that I personally believe it's critical for us to acknowledge that we have a very real enemy that is very interested, do not miss this, that is very interested in how we use our words. There's not a person in this room that has not been used by the enemy, including me, with our words. That hurts to say, doesn't it? But, but listen, the, the enemy loves it when we use our words or our communication. Once again, all forms of it, even our posture, our gestures, all those things. But he loves it when we use our communication to hurt people rather than to heal them. For this reason, I believe that wisdom would tell us that before we engage with a person in conversation, we need to take a step back and we need to take an honest assessment of the enemy's level of access into our thoughts and our words. Are you hearing me? That we really need, because once again, I think, you know, just as last week, as we can assume and go automatically, well, I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not a, a, you know, a vengeful person, right? We talked about that last week, that that'd never be me. I think it's easy to think that, man, the, you know, that my mind is a still trap and the enemy could never give me a thought. Wrong. That is the greatest battlefield of the enemy right there. Okay? So, so it's this sense, it's this, it's this honest assessment that helps us recognize who's the one feeding us the words that we want to say. Who's the ones that's feeding us the emotions that we want to grab a hold of and respond with? Anybody hear me today? So listen, so the next time we are about to communicate from a position of anger, don't laugh at the second one because it's so real. Hunger, you hungry? Exhaustion, exasperation, uh, stress, insecurities, and fears. We need to hit the pause button before it gets ugly, Right? Because it's those kind of moments that the enemy loves to uh, grab a hold of and use to his advantage. Let me maybe ask you this way. If you, if you think about those spots right there, once again, anger, hunger, exhaustion, exasperation, stress, insecurities, fear, frustration, whatever words you want to use. How many times in those moments have we spoke carelessly and recklessly and we've really hurt people? Every one of us have done it in this room, Right. So, so the, the hint that I have for you in this, just a, just a tip in life, is to recognize your patterns. L- like, I, like I recognized, uh, I don't know, some years ago, and occasionally I, I mess up, but I'm going to tell you where, where I'm the worst at that, is when I'm, two places, when I'm stressed out and when I'm exhausted. And, you know, I'm going to tell you when you don't want to talk to Quentin's self. I'm going to help you out. Here we go. <laughs> when I wake up. Leave me alone for the love of God and the love of the family. Leave me alone, right? And so, like, I recognize probably the first, I don't know, maybe three years we were, when we got married, when we were married, uh, we still are married, 
of our marriage, there we go, is, is I would recognize, man, I am such a jerk to my wife when I get up. You know, she'd want to be all, oh, God, I hate that, right? And so, but, but I had to learn just to, just to give grunts, give, you know, don't really, man, listen, let me wake up, let me, let me, you know, breathe for a minute, and then we can interact. I don't drink coffee, so give me a minute here, okay? So uh, the other spot is this, is, is I realized that when I would work all day and I would come home, and Jen's been with kids all day, and then she wants to get in my face and chit-chat it up because she's looking for some real conversation, and I've been having conversation all day long. Like there was times where Brian will tell you, we would go in meetings at 9 o'clock in the morning. We would get out at 5 o'clock from 9 to 5, same room, same, am I telling you the truth, same conversation for years, right? And, uh, and, and I'd come home and Jen's all, yay! <laughs> Give me 30 minutes, please, just to decompress. But, but I think this, it's, it's us, the hint is that we need to recognize our patterns before we speak. In other words, we need to calm down. We need to eat a Snickers bar, amen. We need to take a nap, right? We need to have some Jesus time because, because when we repeat, please don't miss this, when we repeat the words that the enemy is feeding us, we're helping the other team win and be successful in other people's lives. Right, that old, that old thing. I remember, I remember being in elementary school, and you guys probably remember it too, the old saying, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What a lie. Right? I remember being, I remember standing in the lunch line. I cannot tell you how many times we said that to each other in the cafeteria of Kermit Johnson Elementary School. Right? But, but man, I still remember words that were said to me then. Yeah? I remember words I said to other people. Not good. So anyway, so take this, two scriptures here. The Bible says this. It says, the voice of a stranger we will not listen to. Right? And doesn't the Bible say that? Is that true? Now, notice he didn't say, the voice of a stranger you will not hear. He said, the voice of a stranger, in other words, you will not listen and heed. Because you'll be able to discern it. And obviously the Bible also says that we should resist the devil. Well, when we resist him, yeah, it's in temptation. But it's also in those words that he wants to tell us. If we resist him, he'll flee from us. Amen? All right, here we go. Number three. The third of these fourth conversations happens with, you guessed it, it's our God. So I'm going to come back to this one, but for now, I simply want to ask you a question. How close are we walking with him? In this room, how close are we walking with him? If I said, hey, let's, let's, let's rate ourselves on the scale of one to 10, man, how, how are we doing right now? Really that simple. How are we doing? And if I can maybe say this, this is probably maybe a question, an addendum to attach to it, is how well are we listening to his voice right now? In our lives, how well are we listening to him? Scale of one to 10. And for you guys that, that are thinking, man, I don't ever hear God's voice, I promise you, you're hearing him a lot more than you think you are. So let me give you real quick before we dive into the fourth one. Let, let, me, let me talk to you about, and I think they already threw it up there, but here's the main takeaway that I want us to walk away with today. And I think it's up there. Yep, it's right there at the bottom. If you grab a hold of anything today, I might have already said that. Forget that. Grab a hold of this one. All right, here we go. But every time we communicate to another person, once again, it doesn't matter who that person is. Every time we communicate to another person, it could be someone in the, in the line at Walmart, okay? We are revealing or showing them how well or how bad we've been doing in those first three conversations. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Am I, am I being clear with that? 
That every time we communicate to another person, we are revealing or showing them how well or how bad we've been doing in those first three conversations of self-talk, contending with the enemy, and talking and listening with God. We show it automatically like that. Think about this. From the very moment we begin to communicate, once again, yes, by the words we say, but also by the tone that we use, or even our body language, our gestures, our attitudes, eye contact, our touch, we are telling a person how well or how poorly we've managed those three conversations in our private life. So much so this, and this is, grab this, is to the extent that we've handled those first three conversations, that will determine how effective and how healthy our fourth conversation goes. And if I could go and just extend, it, it, it really just shows how effective and how healthy our relationships will be. If I am not managing my self-talk, if I'm not managing the voices of the enemy in my life, if I'm not managing my walk with God and my relationship with God well, then guess what? Uh, all of those things, if I'm not doing that well, I will have unhealthy relationships. But if I'm doing a really good job at those, more than likely I'm going to have a great relationship with people. Amen? So number four, as you can expect, the fourth conversation happens with other people. Other people, other people. Like I said, super simple. But this is where the rubber meets the road for us in this. Once again, we've been spending a lot of time talking about community and doing life together and all this stuff. And what I'm trying to do, if you don't know this, is I've sat back for three years. Last week was our third year being here. That I've sat back and I've watched our interaction with each other. And there's tons of positive interaction with each other. But there's those spots where we're not so great. And we're trying to go, okay, how can, how can we sure up those things? In other words, do we, like, like it's this. If... Um, Ralph has a boat, okay? He, he's, got, he's got a little 10-foot uh, down south called a John boat, okay? Uh, Louisiana called a P-Row, all right? So, so we, got a little, we got a little aluminum boat that we go fishing with. The other day, I'm sitting up at the front. Caden's in the middle. Ralph's in the back. And, and I'm like, man, my feet are wet because we have a hole in the boat, it was just a little crack. It wasn't anything big. But, you know, we ended up with about that much water, you know, by the end of the journey, right, uh, of fishing. We had, we had more water in the boat than we did fish. <laughs> it's a sad day. All right. So anyways, so did we go, well, it's just a little crack. Or did we say, you know, we're going to address that. So the other day, we took the boat, flipped it over, and we fixed it. Thank God he knows how to do that stuff. So, so we fixed it, and, and then we went fishing the next day. We hit a rock in that spot immediately. It was awesome. So I think she held up. But what I'm saying is this, is in our aluminum boat of our church, we got a little crack, and we're just trying to address it. Fair enough? All right, so listen, so when the rubber meets the road, listen, if we have managed those first three relationships or conversations poorly, then we will face a higher risk of saying something idiotic, something damaging, something hurtful to the people that we love. If I can say it this way, we, if we're not managing them well, we have a higher risk of causing conflict or either prolonging conflict. Because conflict, yes, we said it's going to happen, but we have a choice of how long that thing runs. Right? If somebody bucks up to us, we buck right back, it's going to continue, right? But listen, on the other hand, if we have managed them well in the way God intends for us to, then we will do this. And we will speak words that are relevant to people. We'll speak words that are genuine, life-giving, full of wisdom. In fact, I believe rarely, if ever, we'll stick our foot in our mouth. Or, or we'll say it this way, we'll cause conflict. In other words, going back to the top, we'll stop it before it ever begins. If we apply these things. Watch this, but here's the challenge for all of us. If we want to be the kind of person that stewards relationships well, and we should all be that guy or that gal, then we should consider putting the most emphasis 
on the most important conversation of the four conversations, and that's our conversation between us and God. Do you understand that? That if we want to get the ball rolling in the right direction with people, if we want to be great at communicating, interestingly enough, it begins with our prayer life. Yes? And, and you'll understand why more in a minute, but let me kind of add this. We will be more successful at our self-talk, at our conversations with the enemy, and our conversations with other people if we filter all those conversations through our prayer life or through our conversation with God. I, I can say this from personal experience, and once again, I know this is very simple, but when, when we spend an ample amount of time with Jesus, and I don't mean this, I don't mean quick little pop-ups to heaven, but I mean time before the Father, right? Time, uh, you know, allowing the Holy Ghost to do what he does best in us. Uh, you know, just hanging out with, us, with Jesus, right? Am I making sense? Just hanging out with God, right? When we do that, when we hang out with the one who is the giver of life, then typically we're going to be better at giving life than we are at giving death. If I've hung out with the one who is life, I will speak life and not speak death. In other words, I'll tend to be more positive than negative. I'll typically be more encouraging than discouraging. I'll be more grateful than critical. I'll be more uh, complimentary than the guy that complains all the time. More than likely, when I hang out with one who's a prince of peace, guess what? I'll be at peace, right? And I'll be uh, less agitated, uh, won't be as impatient as much. In other words, when we hang out with the one who is love, we will be more loving, it's really that simple, isn't it? And, and so it's not, let me kind of clarify here. Not only will I be those things to other people, but I'll even be that to myself. How many of you guys know that there, there's some people that, great, that are great at being patient with other people and forgiving with other people, but they can't give them, their own selves those things? And I'm talking about when you hang out with God, guess what happens? Who he is starts wearing off on you, and it's really good. But, but if I could sum up this maybe in a really simple way, is that, is that when we spend deep, heartfelt, intimate time in prayer, that we tend to be led by the Holy Spirit a whole lot more than when we don't. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I can tell personally when, if I'm being short with people or if I'm lacking compassion, lacking mercy, not really extending love, or if I'm frustrated or impatient, stressed out, uh, or maybe uh, temptations are grabbing me more than what they normally grab me, all I have to do is reel it in and go, Quentin, how's your prayer life? And that'll automatically tell me the situation I'm in. Amen. So with all that said, think about this verse real quick. Romans 14, 17. I woke up the other day, and man, this was rolling around in me like crazy. It says this, for the kingdom of God is righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. righteousness. Say peace. peace. Say enjoy in the Holy Ghost. Do you guys get that? That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you today, how much in your life, how much of your life is filled with the righteousness, with the peace, and with the joy of the Holy Spirit? When our lives are full of righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit, guess what? Our words and our actions, our behaviors will be full as well of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Don't shout me down. Don't do it. I don't want you to do it. All right, here we go. Listen, when we, when we live by the kingdom, we bring the fruit and the character of the kingdom to other people. 
It's really that simple, gang. When we live by the kingdom, we'll bring fruit and character of the kingdom. So what I mean is this, is that when you and I are willing to press into the presence of God, guess what? We'll bless rather than curse. We'll be kind and gentle rather than being harsh and rough. We'll say words that are right on time and not just words that come right through the mind. Right? Some of us, man, you know, if it comes, we say it. Not a good thing, right? People say you're witty. No, you lack wisdom. All right, here we go. L- listen, that, that we'll speak with wisdom beyond our natural. Get this, please. This is one of my prayers, actually, in my life. God, let me speak. Let me live with wisdom that's beyond my natural and spiritual years. Right? And I'm going to tell you what part of that is, is I know how to get around people, and I don't have to show off what's in the treasure box. I can just do this and just listen. I don't have to impress anybody. Am I making sense? It's this, listen, that when I'm pressing into him, guess what? I can bring healing or restoration. I can speak with confidence and power when I need to. And I can do this. Let me say this, that, that when I'm walking with him like that, then, then God will help me to hit the target with my words every time. You know, listen, I'm not the guy that believes that, well, Samuel was just some special guy, and the Bible says that his words didn't fall to the ground. That's the God who lives in me. God, help that be true about me. Yet that I don't want to just say words to say words, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I get careless, and it's scary to know that I got to answer for those one day. But here's, here's what I'm trying to say. I think if we look at that list and we said, man, you know, I don't normally do all that. Right? That's not my natural thing, right? That in other words, when something comes, I don't naturally speak words of kindness. And, and you know, that's me, okay? But I will say this. When I do speak words of kindness, it amazes me. <laughs> and the reason it amazes me is this, is because I know those aren't my words. And I know I'm submitted enough to the Father that guess what? That I'm allowing or I'm positioning myself to hear his words and I'm just repeating what he says. And I stand amazed, not how awesome I am. I go, God, you did really good there. You handled that well. Am I making any sense to you guys? Let me say this to you. When, when you and I seek God's wisdom, and I'm almost done, but, but when we are making the choice to lean in to hear his voice and to pursue divine insights before we open our mouths or before we respond or react, we stand a 100% better chance of doing good instead of harm. So listen, any conversation that we have with people, man, it's good to filter that conversation through God before we have it. Now, here's where it's difficult because I'm gonna tell you where I mess up a lot is with my kids. They do, they do something that's just being kids. And, and, I don't, and I don't pull back and filter it and then respond in a godly way sometimes. I give them, I'm not saying I'm like beat my kids or anything like that. It's not what I'm saying. Jen, I always go home and Jen goes, you know, they could have took this that way. I'm not beating my kids. Probably need two more. So anyways, but when I, when I lean back, okay, God, what are you saying? Then I typically will respond to them, not out of anger and frustration, but really just love. You, you know, this morning, I'll say this, we were in, we were in worship, I'm not worship, we were in prayer time, and the song came on, uh, you know, I'm a lover of your presence, I'm a lover, anybody know what I'm song, the song I'm talking about? I'm a lover of your presence, and then it, then it says, I was made to, how's it go? I was made to love you. I was made for loving you. I'm going to tell you what I saw when I was praying this morning. I saw my little boy 
And I felt like God said, I was made for, imagine this was Caden, and I saw myself go, I was made for loving you. Do you get that? Do you understand as parents, we were made to love our kids. And man, if I am not operating in these things, then guess what? I'm probably not loving the way the Father wants me to love them. You know, once again, you know, God, God gave me a gift to my wife. And if I always want to respond to her out of the flesh, guess what? It's not good. Then I need to go, okay, God, how do you want me to respond? Let me respond to her in a healthy way, in a godly way. You know, Brian's one of my best friends on the planet, right? And, and so, you know, there's been times, as in every relationship, we've had conflict, yes? And, and so it's just part of life. But I want to be in a position that I go, you know what, man, that I'm so much with God that there's a filter here and I respond in a loving way. And I think he has the same thing because I'm boneheaded and knucklehead, right? And, and so he's given me grace as I've given him grace over the years. But that's needed if you're going to walk and do life together. Amen? So let me give you three verses here. Y'all okay? Yes. Ephesians 4.29. Just jot these down. Go pray these scriptures. Get them in you. Think about them. Just process them. Meditate on them. It says this in 4.29. Ephesians 4.29. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. So think about that. Are our words abusive? This says, let everything, and this is the real reason why I want to read it, let everything you say be good and helpful. Man, let it be good and helpful. So, so you know, I, I don't know why I'm picking on the kids here, but, but man, are, are my words to my kids, are they good and are they helpful? Are, they, are, they, are my words calling out their destiny or am I setting them up for the way my parents set me up, that here I am at 40 years old, and I'm trying to contend in my own thought life with words that they spoke over me? Am I making sense? I want to make sure that my kids, because we can't rewind and do it over, right? I don't want them to move back in when they're 40 and go, okay, let's give it another shot, <laughs> right? So, so, but I want to set them up in a good way. So I want everything I say to be good and helpful. It says, so that your words will be encouragement to those who hear them. That our words will be encouragement to those who hear them. Colossians 4, 6 says this. We said it last week. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So in our conversation people, are we, are we gracious? By attractive, I think it means does it push people away or does it bring people in closer? Last one here, and this is probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now listen, everybody look here, please. So often we read that verse and we think, okay, God, I'm at a crossroad. I, need to, I have a decision that I need to make. I don't think it's the only path that it's talking about. Do you guys realize that every conversation we have has a path to it? That we have a choice in every conversation which path we are going to take. Will it, be a, will it be a path of offense? Will it be a path of anger? Will it be a path of grace? Will it be a path of, path of mercy? Will it be a path of love? God, which path am I going to take? And I will say this for me. Anytime somebody comes to meet with me or where I know I got to have a conversation, then it's this. God, direct my steps. Tell me which path to take in this conversation because I know the path my flesh would like to take but also know the path that I believe your spirit would want me to take. So God, give me wisdom on how to go that way because I'm like you, man. I'm, listen, I'm a red-blooded American that I think is Welsh and Irish and whatever, a whole bunch of angry people that are drunks and whatever. Anyways, it's, it's in there. And so, but, but, you know, all those emotions come up and somebody said we got Cherokee Indian, but I think that's a lie. Anyways, but all that stuff comes up in those conversations and I'm wanting to respond in that way but guess what when I lean back into God and say God how do you want me to respond then I respond in his way 
Amen? And that helps conflict not escalate. So let me say this to you, okay? When we talk about the path to take, and, and I'm going to say something. A lot of times I, I let you guys into our lives, and, and hopefully, I'll tell you the number one reason I do that is because I can't expect you guys to be vulnerable if we're not vulnerable, plain and simple. I, don't, I have a hard time with pastors who aren't willing to be open about who they are, shortcomings and all. Okay, I have a hard time with people that try to set themselves up like they're just the junk, like they're the standard. Jesus is the standard. Okay, all of us are just pursuing him. Okay, so, so listen, when we were first married, we, w- we would basically in a, in a cycle where, where my family's pretty much was dysfunctional already, but her family was really going through some difficult times. I'll just say it that way. And, and my, if you know anything about my wife, She's a peacemaker, she's loving, and, and she likes restoration, right? In other words, her heart's in all those things. And, and when you're 2,000 miles away from your family and you feel powerless in that process, it is heartbreaking, okay? And so we would go through this cycle being, being uh, you know, once again, newly married, and she would be in one of those moments where his family was on her mind, family was on her heart, and she was just oversensitive, and she was just crying a lot. I mean, crying so much that I would literally at times go out of the house, and I would hear her crying inside. That's how loud she was crying. I'm talking about this girl don't cry. She wells. Being the young guy that I was and not coming from a family that was super compassionate, super gracious, I just get angry with it. I'd just get mad, and I'd pop off and say something. You know, it's just like, what, get over it, right? It is what it is. That's, don't do that, all right? <laughs> and I remember one of those nights where she was in this moment, just, man, just heartbroken, devil's eating her lunch, and I'm just getting frustrated. And I remember I, and, and we made this thing with Pat before we got married. Nobody sleeps on the couch. We don't do it. We, we deal with it, right? And so... Um, <laughs> I went to the couch, and I was sitting on the couch going, Jesus, you got to talk to that woman. You need to fix her. God, God, I don't know what the deal is, but, man, you need to say something to her. You know what happened in that moment? God spoke a scripture to me, gave me the path that I needed to take, and my total heart went from anger to I saw it with his eyes with compassion. I walked into our bedroom, that little two-bedroom house that, man, what a come a long way and um, I went in there and I remember I put my hands on her and I just started praying and I prayed the verse and all that mess just broke off of her and the love of God filled the room and and we were good am I I making sense and so so it's in those moments guys where I think so often I I, I have the option let me say it this way to dig my heels in point the finger to her and, and just let my ego get in the way and just man it is what it is and that wouldn't have fixed anything. Instead, I went in there, and, and God showed me, you, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't my deal, but he showed me how to be a solution in it. Yeah, I'll tell you what, he, you, you know, because let me say it this way. I said this to a small group training the other night. It's not our job to be the solution. It's our job to connect. In other words, connect people to people, connect people to God. That's all I was in that moment. I was a connection between her and God. That's all that happened. Right, came a conduit, a doorway for the presence of God to move. And when the presence of God comes, guess what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost came. Amen? All right. Let me tell you three more things and we're done. Three more things are not long three things, by the way. Here's why I'm saying all of this, okay? 
if we learn to hang out with the God, hang out with God, hear His voice, then guess what? It's going to be a whole lot easier if we've trained ourselves to hear His voice. That when we have a conversation with someone, and in the middle of that conversation, to be able to hear His voice as well. In other words, there's so often we don't spend time with God. We get in this crisis moment, and we think we're going to hear from God. Good luck. Good luck. That's, it's like me. Pastor Brian and I moved a, an old riding lawnmower. It's about 30 years old the other night at my house. And guess what? Because I haven't worked out here, it didn't benefit me here. <laughs> I, you know, I did not, you know, whatever, sit on the couch, watch football, eat potato chips and every, all the chocolate stuff that Ralph gives me, which is awesome, <laughs> gift from God. You know, all that when I came over here, I didn't become Samson. And just, brah. No, I, I, I strained, and I helped, and Brian, I think, did probably 85% of the work. I just looked good in it, right? And so after he left, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, man, I'm hurting, right? It's the same thing. We can't, we can't expect to, once again, to not hear God here and to hear him here. we got to learn how to hear him here so that we're in this moment. He speaks to us in the heat of the moment we know what to do. Yes? So kind of think about it like this, and we'll close with this. Is it possible that what we perceive to be relational, emotional, and spiritual problems is actually a hearing problem? Am I making sense to you? That what we think is an emotional problem, a relational problem, or a spiritual problem is actually the fact that we're just not hearing that well. That somehow, man, we're deafened to the voice of God. That, that we somehow, because we have an inability to hear his voice, that's caused us to not only lose our voice with people, but it's caused us to lose our way. So I'm going to ask you today, is God's voice the loudest voice in your life? If the answer is no, then that's your number one problem. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. If God's voice isn't the determining factor, the determining voice in our lives, then guess what? That's our major problem. Because if we're not hearing that voice, I promise you, we're not handling anything correctly. Amen? So if you want to be the kind of person that, man, when you speak, people listen to you, the best thing you can do is listen to God, right? Because if you repeat what God is saying, then you're actually saying something that's worthwhile. If not, it's just you and it's fluff and it's not really going to help anybody. Amen? Let's stand to our feet, please. Hopefully that helps somebody today. So, Father, we just ask today, God, that in this room, Lord, we we so love you. And, uh, Lord, sometimes uh, it's easy to to get distracted and maybe do things a little different than your way. Uh, but, Father, we're asking today, God, just as, Lord, I'm asking that today would be an, an Isaiah moment where you said, even if we go to the left or the right, we'll still hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Lord, I pray today, God, that people in this room would hear, this is the way, not because it's Quentin's way, but because it's your way, and it's the way we need to walk. And so, Lord, I'm asking today that we would filter, as your children, filter every conversation through our conversation with you. God, would you strengthen our prayer lives? God, would you help us to be people who conversate with you on a daily basis. And God, I'm not asking for some religious moment, some legalistic moment. God, I'm asking that you would just teach us how to 
uh, as natural as breathing, God, that it would be that natural just to walk with you and talk with you. God, that it's not something we had to force ourselves to do, but God, it would just be natural. And so, Lord, would you pull us in deeper? And uh, Father, would you help us, God, just in our love for one another? God, will you help us in our, in our self-talk to come in agreement with you? God, would you help us to uh, discern the voice of the enemy? And uh, God, will you help us be better communicators with each other? God, we just believe that today, God, that you're stirring that in us. You're increasing our capacity to do those things. In Jesus' name. Um, Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.